0: The Neutral What's up everybody? Oh no, where did I go? Uh, what's up everybody? It's now episode 3 of The Neutral. And this week, my guest is Logan Sama. So let's get him on the screen. How's it going?
1: Uh, Hello, good evening, afternoon, wherever it is in your location.
0: Uh, It is evening, you had it right on the first try. So I ask everybody this every week, but you're a little bit of an anomaly because in a world where your name could be something like Mr. Problem X, or punk, <laughs> or Dankadilis, or stupendous. Your your handle on the FGC is just your name.
1: Uh, yeah. Like, no, just I don't have a I don't have a, a specific gamer tag. So uh, yeah, just just kept it normal. Don't have a specific gamer cat. I'm not an F word or a problem X <laughs> or uh, any of those things.
0: Not even a uh, foxy grandpa.
1: No, not even a, – or a ketchup or a mustard or a mayo. I'd, I'd fit mayonnaise, but um, – Oh,
0: man. If you switched to mayo, that would be a little too on the nose, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it's a carryover, obviously, from, uh, from, my, other, from my other profession. Um, so we just, we, just, we just maintain the consistency in the branding. I <laughs> didn't want to start another – I mean,
0: I mean, I mean, that's honestly fair. I mean, I don't know how many people, I feel like a decent number of people know this, but like you also have this whole music career, music industry side mm. of you. But I mean, as like, I also heard that you're like a big fan of like wrestling. So I thought that maybe that like with the FGC being so much like wrestling that, you know, you could, you could probably easily like part the waves here and have like L- dj logan sama be be the uh the music industry side of you and uh you know have i don't know mayo be be your, <laughs> <laughs> be your gamer name
1: um i mean i yeah i could have done but i was i i I lack the creative insight to come up with another one, so I'm okay. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we got Winner Stays On as well, that,
0: yeah, that that's works. the brand, and
1: so, you know, it's all good. It's all good, I'm all here right. anyway. All
0: right, so I've, I've heard the story that, you know, you started with the FGC with uh, Street Fighter Four, but did you ever play, like, any other fighting games before that? Had you ever, like, picked up a Mortal Kombat or a Tekken?
1: I remember renting out Mortal Kombat 3 from Blockbuster for like a week. And I had, I didn't own it. I played Killer Instinct on the Super Nintendo in. Uh, It's a store called Argos, but it's like a department store, but you order from a catalogue, so they have no... It's not a store. Oh, okay. It's a a catalogue, and you order, and then they get it from the back and bring it to you, and it's like this weird concept that was a novelty here, uh, and they're still going now. But um, I guess it saved them on space. But they had like a little display of Killer Instinct on the Super Nintendo, and I played that a little bit. Um, other than that, the only fighting game I ever owned was uh, Alpha 2 on the Super Nintendo, which I hear is the um, like one of the worst ports ever made. <laughs> um, and other than that, no. No, that was it. Street Fighter 4, filthy 09er.
0: Yeah, it's so it's so interesting to me because like one, you're like the first person on the show. I, I I've been seeing like a growing trend of people so far that have been on the show and between you, Shine, and JB of like mm. not really being like die, like die in the wool fighting game heads before getting into the FGC. You all kind of like found yeah. your first game, which for well, most I think of the, you... the big
1: difference between me and them is I'm vastly older than them.
0: I mean, yeah, so you keep can, saying this, but you you I look like understand. you found the fountain of youth, you Daigo and like Taquito. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, we basically got in in the same wave of mm-hmm. discovering um, discovering Street Fighter Four. I, I think the effect of seeing what was effectively Street Fighter Two, but with 3D graphics, was really powerful. Um, because I'd never really wanted to get into fighting games, and through seeing that, I looked it up, and I had friends that were kind of into Tekken a bit, um, and I'd sort of had a, I'd, I'd been to the arcade a couple of times with them, and they'd played Tekken Five, and uh, which was not great. Sorry, Tekken Four, Tekken Four, which was not great. Um, so I was sort of aware of the existence of this this culture of playing fighting games seriously and like I'd seen Tekken Zai Batsu website before. Um so I knew the stuff was out there. And then when Street Fighter Four came out, I was like, yeah, like that's the shit I wanna play. Like I wanna this looks cool. I wanna have a go at this. So um for me I I'm a nerd anyway. Like I love I, I'm I like knowing everything about everything. I guess that's kind of why I work on commentary. But um when I find something that I like, I just consume it voraciously. I will look everything up. I will search everything. I'll try and remember as much as... And I've always been like that since I was like really young. So um, with all the resources that were kind of out there with forums like SRK Forum and like YouTube becoming a thing, I can remember one of the first memorable sets I saw was Daigo versus uh, Momochi Playing Street Fighter Four, uh, it was Ryu against Akuma, and Momochi did sweep. Daigo Focus absorbed it, and Momochi cancelled into Demon, and I was like, "Wow, that's cool as fuck." <laughs> um, I, I'd obviously seen um, like Evo Moment Thirty Seven before that, um, like when it went viral around like Facebook and shit. Oh wow. god,
0: I remember seeing that first time, and it blew my mind.
1: Yeah, I was like, "Yo," and it's so cool because like there's so many different layers to understanding what's happening there. Um, And I think as I got into the FGC, like the first couple of years, I'd go back and I could appreciate that Evo moment a bit more because of like firstly, it's like cool and there's loads of noise, and you're like, "Yo, that guy won; he had no life. That's cool." And then you're like, "Yo, that guy parried the whole thing, and the timing's really sick." And then you're like, "Yo, that guy parried a one-frame super that you can't parry on reaction." Um, and it's like there's loads of levels as to why it was super sick but yeah I, I kind of the, the the initial thing was just being visually impressed by Street Fighter 4 uh, and because it looked cool to me I ended up getting into it and diving into the community and like oh nine, getting a shitty hoary EX2 stick for Xbox 360 and learning how to do fireballs and DP motions and yeah been lingering around ever since
0: uh i think lingering is a is a is a very generous way to put it so i i've heard a rumor it's been confirmed on twitch that you're like not the sickest street fighter player to come out of the uk scene um, yeah
1: that's that's absolutely accurate Yeah, that's
0: absolutely accurate so when you first got into the scene in like street fighter 4 did you are and because like you said you you voraciously consume it once you once you're yeah. into something. Did you think well? I've got this background, uh, being being a radio being a radio host and doing this broadcast thing. Uh, maybe commentary is more my commentary speed.
1: wasn't a thing. Commentary didn't exist. No, not really. It wasn't really a thing. Like we started streaming in 2010, and like the only th- it was like Evo. That was about it. And like, I never really watched tournaments because it was, it wasn't that prominent. Okay. Um, like when we started, we were streaming on Justin TV. So it's like super, early. All right. super I have to, early. I
0: have to keep remembering how like, how early, early Street Fighter 4 was. Because I got into Street yeah. Fighter 4, like I think around Ultra.
1: Like one of my biggest interactions was when Super was coming out, and Team Spooky just streamed the the hell out of an early copy that they got, and they were just streaming twenty four hours, and that pretty much like made Team Spooky a, a a thing. From from there, I just watched that, but I'd never I never kind of got into it thinking, um, yeah, I need to be a commentator because. <laughs> It just wasn't a just wasn't a thing. I it was. I ended up hosting our streams because I was okay at talking into a microphone. I think, and there were two problems. I didn't have a good enough internet connection at home to play online consistently and reliably. Because the way Street Fighter Four Netcode worked, if you had any kind of bad ping, then you're gonna like the game's just a completely different game, basically, with the one-frame links. And I had just not enough time. With the DJ and the travel, mm-hmm. it was um, it was really difficult to find enough time to practice. So I was always going to be not as good as these guys that dedicate so much time and effort to it. But I understood what was going on, and I had a, pr- a broadcast background, uh, and I'm really good at injecting and projecting my passion into things um so when i am passionate about something i can talk about it really easily and uh it gets picked up on and uh, and people find it kind of infectious and it's worked with my music it's worked with other things as well than podcasts and other stuff and you know with the with the fighting games it kind of ended up being something that i just happened to be good at um just getting conveying what was going or understanding what i'm seeing but my hands Cannot do the things that my brain knows, uh, unfortunately. And like, I, I've played a lot with the guys here. Uh, and, you know, I'll come to America, I'll play with guys. Guys like Gustavo will tell me I've literally got the worst execution that he's ever seen <laughs> in a human being just because I can't consistently do things on will. Like, I'll have moments where I look amazing and then I'll do a stun combo and just miss a jump in into a stand fierce or something. It's horrendous, but it is what it is.
0: Alright, um so then you're 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 an old cat at this point. How do you think especially for the UK scene? So let's let's ignore it, let's pretend the rest of the world doesn't exist and let's just That's pretend. easy, yeah. I mean that's it's kind of on brand. But like how do you think the UK and maybe to a broader extent the the European scene has grown and progressed from when you first got in to now?
1: Hmm. I don't think it has.
0: You think it's the same? The I, same I, it's size.
1: really similar. Yeah, it's re- like Stunfest was a massive event years ago. Still is now. Um, when I first started, we had events like SVB, which were like the big pinnacle event, Super Versus Battle, the pinnacle events of the year. Um, that that event isn't around anymore but we still have sort of versus fighting again which is a very long standing brand there were sponsored players all across France anyway because France is obviously the market leader for french speaking areas of marketing for that for those companies so there's always a marketing budget to be spent in that french speaking audience so you'll find a lot of french players are sponsored and have been. Like Luffy's had like 13 sponsors. He's always sponsored. But there's other guys that were sponsored for a long time, um, even before Gfinity was around. Um, And I feel like you have that general eSports growth, which gets people to speculate on and and come in and try new things. So you've had uh, Rebel Kumite, which has been an amazing experience. Um, But that's literally off the back of the same people in France that were pretty much putting on any of the other French events that we were going to anyway, like Cannes Winter Clash was there. Um, World Game Cup was there already. You know, there's video footage of that from like 2009, 2010. I don't really think it's changed a great deal and it's still pretty much UK and France with a a sprinkling of players from other countries uh, across Europe. It's it's really very, very similar to, to what it was and the numbers are pretty similar as well
0: okay i mean that was actually not what i was expecting because like i know from talking from listening to you talk that like it or i guess maybe it's a perception thing right that like it Mm. seems like there's more players coming out of the eu uh
1: i feel like you're getting a general trend of players breaking out worldwide into what is such a dominant american market because we have these opportunities to travel um there's always been players in the EU that were good enough, like Luffy winning EVO in mm-hmm. 2012? 2014? I can't remember when it was. Um, Luffy winning EVO. Ryan Hart's always been a world-class competitor. Um, we've had good players here, but it's just cost prohibitive to travel to America um, and travel to some of these events. The same way that we have these players in the Middle East and Latin America and now... Uh, and even other regions in Asia, like Korea and China, you're seeing players now that are getting sponsored by organizations and it's allowing them to travel. And they're just appearing on the radar more. Like Problem X is able to go to any event that he chooses. Phenom, Luffy, they can go to any event. And they are at a position now where if you see those guys in a top 16 or a Problem X in a top eight, that's standard. That's not like, oh, who's this guy from Europe? It's standard because they're... They're there and they're competing every week in the same way that you're getting Punk at any event he chooses, or Justin Wong at any event he chooses. That those opportunities are there, and I feel that's a more of a worldwide growth than any kind of specific growth in Europe. Um, it's just that the players that are already there are getting a handful more opportunities.
0: Okay, but
1: that's all you need. You only need a handful because the FGC is not massive, so that little droplet can have big effects.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Do you? So then, I guess, I guess a, a direction that we can take this in is that you know the tour itself, especially for for Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Let's let's forget some of the other scenes because their tours are either new or struck or you know br- or brand new sort of ideas. Uh, the Capcom Cup has been a lot. The Capcom Pro Tour is a little bit older. than most. Do you? Yeah, it's like definitely not the...
1: Like the instigator of it. Yeah. Do you
0: do you think the tour is progressing in the right direction? Of being less American centric because I feel like the last last year was like if no, you couldn't I mean, go to Japan and the US, is, you were
1: screwed. This is more American centric. I think. You think um, it's
0: work? Do you think it's better than last year, though?
1: Um, I mean, we got another premiere event, and Latin America have a premiere event, so yes. Um, I guess so, but again, like such minor things can appear to have such big effects. Um having one more premier event in a region is a big deal for that region but it's not really a massive change uh, and that change can get wheeled back very 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 quickly so it's still going to be USA and Japan focused and centric because they're the biggest markets and realistically esports at the moment is more so in the marketing column than it is in the revenue generation bro- uh, column mm-hmm. um those broadcasting rights are not worth a lot of money. Um, doesn't drive a huge amount of sales, but it, it keeps the game interesting and relevant, so uh, it, it carries on. But I feel like the, the Capcom Pro Tour, whilst it is definitely the, the, the reason why these Pro Tours exist in other games, they've basically followed suit where Capcom set pace, I don't really feel like the Pro Tour has evolved at all until this year and they've done other rather than evolving the pro tour there's kind of other initiatives like the street fighter league but even mm-hmm. that you know we had gfinity for the last two years in europe so that was a, that's a cool thing
0: yeah uh so then what ideally do you think capcom needs to do to to help? i don't
1: know what capcom i don't know what the um I don't know what the main goal is for the pro tour for Capcom. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it yeah, to be? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's like an issue that a lot of people I think have with the pro tour because, like, on one hand, you know, it's got a lot of the right things, right? It's got the money behind it. You know, if you're if you do well at these events, you're not you're not still starving. Um, it sort of balances out wanting to go to travel to these events it, it has all of the earmarkings of what looks like a very professional league you know you've got ranking events yeah. you've got premieres you now have more than one super premiere granted two of them are in the u.s and one of them is in japan but at the same time it's like u.s first japan second and then everybody else feels like a distant third as far as event opportunity so and who are the two biggest markets the us and japan so i agree with Mm. you that it's pretty it feels uh at least to some degree more of a marketing tool so i guess you're right it does sort of i i guess it if in a world where it's a marketing tool though do you think that there's any cause to grow the other regions to sort of improve the marketing of the game
1: i feel like Whilst the Pro Tour is obviously um, directed towards organized and structured competitive play, there's a lot of scope to use it for promoting sort of like the lifestyle and the culture of, I guess, the FGC, but obviously it's going to be game-specific and... I don't feel like there's enough aspirational stuff. And I don't feel... If you want to get people into the game, right? Mm -hmm. Just showing them the game over and over and over again is probably not enough. Especially long-term. Especially like four years into the game. Mm -hmm. Like, showing people the game is enough in the previews. Showing people the game is enough in the release window. Um, But I'd love to see more, like, aspirational stuff. More storytelling. Um more stuff to raise the general IQ of the viewer as well. I feel like the, the, the average stream monster doesn't know enough about what's going on outside of win and loss mm-hmm. to, really, to really get invested in player progression and um, understanding, like overcoming. Outside of, you know, James Chen or Sejam, whoever saying, yeah, this is a bad matchup for blah, 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 and then they win the matchup like you're taking it all at face value there could be more I, I i feel like there needs to be more storytelling more exposition on you know the the culture around offline events and why why should you play this game several hours a week why should you why should you turn your playstation on or your pc on and load up street fighter 5 over any number of other games not even just fighting games like any games? Why? Why should you put your time into this? And I feel like we need to do more to make it look attractive. And that's not—that's not a big check. You know, holding a big check up on stage at the end. That's like coming to FGC tournaments is as cool as shit. Like, yeah. you know, uh, alongside making it more enjoyable to play. Like uh, the laddering system getting people like wanting to play a bit more and more rewards for that and looking into that, giving people more exposure, doing more with online, making online better, but also making online a better conveyor belt to offline experience, um, supporting content creation, doing more in terms of showcasing what it's like to play these games and like be invested in these games. I've not. I haven't seen enough content. I'd love to see more. And if it's if it's a marketing exercise, then I feel like that would be a really good spend.
0: Okay. So, and I mean, the thing that's interesting is that uh, I think what you guys were doing in Europe last year, especially bringing James uh, Banks on uh, to do sort of an analyst desk style of show, right, where it wasn't just mm-hmm. commentators. You know matches break back to the commentators go to the ads but actually having yeah. people come in and sort of tell tell narratives break things down and you guys tried it also at the Capcom cup last last year as well of having that more desk narrative focused uh more or i guess more narrative focused sort of broadcast do you do you wish that like that was sort of continued into 2019 because it looks like it was an experiment for 2018 and then it stopped.
1: That shit cost money. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of coverage about the issue with production in Europe last year. A couple of couple of times where myself and F-Word didn't work in Stunfest because they didn't have the budget to... M- to even meet what we'd earned at Stumfest two years ago, so it's not like it's not like oh F Word and Logan are suddenly Hollywood and they're demanding big money. Um, they didn't have the budget for that. And then when they did try and do the the desk host, which is a standard thing in esports, um, you know there wasn't any kind of staging for it. It was just a table with a black cloth on. Um, and even then, like, they, they struggled to, to put it together. And then when we did Versus Fighting, where they had James Banks on again, um, you know, they effectively doubled the production because they needed three cameras. They needed additional audio. They needed additional people to uh, camera ops and stuff on top of all of the standard production you would expect for a normal FGC tournament, you know, player cam, commentary cam, all of that stuff, audio, capture, game, all that stuff. Um so it just up the up the cost, but the production budget didn't increase and and it wasn't it wasn't approved as well. So they tried it and um yeah, I guess like <coughs> there's loads of things that lots of people would love to try. There's so many creative people in the FGC and you know, there's there's a lot of the stuff that we were trying had been done already in America as well. So it, it was known that it could work, but the production budget needs to be there to deliver these things. These things cost money, and it's not, like, it's not like I want loads of money to do this stuff. It's like hiring equipment costs money. Upgrading equipment to be able to take multiple sources costs money. More people to work. People don't understand how hard production staff work. Like their days are so long. An event like Evo and people are talking about, oh, we should make, you know, Evo four days, five days. It's a festival of, yeah, cool. Like to go from three days to four days, an event will probably double your production budget because you need to, you just burn through people. They're sitting there working 14 hour days every day, back to back to back, making sure that these streams run. And the the increments in production quality against the inc- the increasing cost is enormous. Like, Especially when you think about what the end user is used to. The end user cares about the game on their screen and knowing what the score is and who's playing. You can do that on a laptop with some Logitech C920 webcams easily. You can easily do that on a laptop. But if you want to go from that to um, uh, a decent quality camera, well, you need... Different capture equipment. You did, de- um, you know, how are you going to mix the video? Are you going to do it in software or are you going to do it in hardware? Software is cheaper but unreliable. Hardware is massively expensive, but it's not going to go down. Then, you know, are you going to do multiple streams? We've got loads of pools, we've got loads of games. You know, uh, everyone wants their stream time. You're going to have to do the same thing and have multiple streams. That means, You're now multiplying everything up. Now, do we have the internet connection that's good enough? We're working in hotel ballrooms. Do hotel ballrooms have one terabyte, you know, hardline connections as standard? No, you have to install one. Okay, well, that's going to be tens of thousands of dollars on a weekend. So the costs are really, really prohibitive to doing stuff like that. Um, And we'd all love to do it. Like, everyone wants like final Sunday to be a massive thing but like who's gonna pay for it are the publishers gonna pay for it because we're playing a game that doesn't have a hundred million people playing it like fortnite does or even tens of millions of people playing it like csgo and, and dota so like where's the money gonna come from there's no broadcast right we're not on tv anymore mm-hmm like Capcom Cup wasn't on TV. Evo I don't think was on wasn't Not on TV.
0: Last
1: year. Yeah, and like <clears throat> we kind of we're kind of like in this weird limbo where like my commentary rates aren't going up. The production budgets aren't going up. The players players' opportunities and salaries are going up. Fair play to them, but don't know how long that's gonna last in terms of like venture capital running out for a lot of these esports teams, and whether they feel a lot of them got into the fighting games because it was relatively cheap for them. Um, and they didn't have to, you can get into the fighting game market and sponsor one player. You don't have to have a team of five, you know, with subs. You can just hire one person and have a presence, and it's like super cheap for them. But even then, it's like, like in any business, when you're not hitting your profit margins, and you want to cut costs, like the janitor gets fired before the CEO, right? So they they, they cut the cost there, and we saw a lot of people cut from from teams uh, last year going into this season. So there's a lot of things that that we'd all love to do and all love to make happen, but you know, where's the money coming from? I've done a Pro Tour Premier event, and I've been watching them, and I've not seen any adverts or sponsor reads on these events so last year we had razer arcade one up victrix pro um you know we're not doing any of these reads anymore so uh where's the where's the where's the sponsorship money if there's no sponsorship money i guess then capcom's eating all of the cost and that means that investment's not going to go up it's probably going to go down so i mean i don't want to try and be like super bleak (laughs) like it's a it's it's a false economy to me, which is why I really focus on just enjoying the game, having fun with the game, like trying to get back to the core things. I I really don't like esports. <laughs> I don't uh, like esports uh, much.
0: Wait, really? I, I couldn't. I I never would have guessed that Logan Sama is a uh, part of the anti esports esports club. I never would have guessed.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I just find it really like against. All of the strengths and positives that the FGC are about, which is like personality, camaraderie, um, diversity as well because good God like you watch any eSports broadcast it looks like everyone everyone on the desk came out of a factory you know like they, like they all look like me, but in a in a bad suit it's terrible um, but you watch a you watch an FGc event and it's just people from everywhere. Um, every different walk of life and there's so much character and it's so much more interesting to me than like watching csgo broadcasts or fifa broadcasts or whatever you know it's just i don't find it exciting i find the fgc vibrant and esports is not vibrant it's really manufactured and plastic you know?
0: I mean, I, I disagree to an extent. Um, because, like... So, free. so I got into esports initially through the FGC. Um, that was yeah. my first introduction to professional video games. You know, for other people, it's like StarCraft or CSGO or Dota. Mm-hmm. For me, it was the FGC. Um, and then the same people who got me into looking at professional fighting games are the same people that got me into League of Legends. Yeah. Um, And I will agree that, like, I wish there was more diversity in just – not just, like, actual ethnic diversity, but just, like, diversity in the broadcast. But I can tell you from, like, physically going to, like, league events, even going to, like, the LCS, the weekly broadcast over in LA, because I did that for a week, um, there's that same energy in the people that love it that – yeah. Oh no,
1: absolutely. So, absolutely. The so, crowds are fantastic. You just you only have to watch um we had the CWL in London mm-hmm. in the Copper Box in Stratford. Yeah, the crowd was cool. It was like a it's like a football crowd. Yeah. Loads of energy. But there's no character. Everyone's the, like there's no personality in it. It's just it's just like a, a it is literally a crowd like it's a herd mentality. And I don't get that from I don't get that from the FGC, like the crowd is not one, like the, cr- the crowd are competitors furthermore, like they're all there and they're all the bums that have like been dropped out of the bracket, whereas you go to a lot of these other events and the crowd are just people there to watch and it's, it's such a different dynamic. Um,
0: I think that that's partially though because like uh, I always akin the FGC to like the carnival, Right. Okay. Everybody, everybody go like the, the barrier of entry is super low. You go there What because kind of it's...
1: carnival are we talking about? We're talking about like um like teacup rides and Ferris wheels, or are we talking about like Rio carnival or that kind of stuff?
0: Uh, we're talking like teacup. Fun carnival
1: ride. or like
0: Alright, so <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So so I'll the say circus. Thing. So I'll say like I'll say okay. like the circus, right? Because mm you you go there because it's in town it's pretty hype maybe you've heard of a really cool yeah. act so you go out and you're usually there with your mates you're there to have fun and the end of the end result doesn't really matter right because you prop because like okay. being there is is fun in itself um i akin esports uh to going to like an amusement park you're you're going there mm. because like you can spend a lot of money and it's the more of the spectacle of being at the amusement park, so like going to like Disney, because like the FTC, like when you go to Disney, and I guess I guess this analogy is falling apart really really fast.
1: But that's the problem with analogies; they're always tenuous.
0: Yeah, uh, I guess the biggest problem is though is I that I understand
1: like you... your point. I understand your point in that one is a bit more corporate, but the scale is much bigger, and you're there for the grandiosity of it and the The scope of the attractions, yeah, and the other one is like homely, a bit more homely and like it's a bit rougher around the edges, and you're there for like like you said, you're going with your mates and it's more of a off the cuff interaction, yeah you don't have to yeah. yeah yeah, I understand I understand the 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 premise of your of your of your analogy, so yeah I, I don't disagree with that, but that's kind of like what I don't like about it. You know, like if I wanted grandiosity, I would go to real sports.
0: Yeah, I guess which I do, I guess.
1: Um, and I have no problem with people that like are into it. That's cool. Like if you like getting into an arena and doing your football chants and the same stuff and memeing away, like and, and that that that's cool. You know, fair enough. But I really feel like especially with stuff like Overwatch League where they're trying so hard to push this franchise thing and they want people to support their team and get behind them. and It just feels like they're really trying too hard to just copy. And one of the things that I dislike intensely about esports is how they try and just plug games into a standardized broadcasting model Mm -hmm. of three people on a desk and the same basically the same broadcasting formats it's just a different game and that definitely doesn't apply to fighting games it doesn't work for fighting games they need a different type of broadcasting it's like if i if i refer back to normal sports traditional sports you wouldn't broadcast like ufc or boxing in the way that you broadcast like an nfl game it needs its own bespoke type of broadcast style. And I feel like a lot of the esports just it's all very much like out of a box. And oh, they do it here. So like wearing suits to broadcast is not like when what the fuck the suits sorry I'm <laughs> sorry if I'm not allowed to swear. No, you're allowed to swear. What the fuck the suits have to do with the FGC? The only people you see wearing suits in the FGC are the security guards and the people working at the desk in the hotels that we're at. Literally no one else is wearing a suit. No one. It's got nothing to do with it. Like, if you want to wear a suit, that's cool. That's how you express yourself. F-Word wants to turn up with a a jacket with elbow patches on and a waistcoat because it makes him feel good about himself. That's cool, man. Like... Dress like that. I respect that. But like when it's like, oh, we need you to wear a button-down shirt and a jacket, and it's like, fuck off, man. It's got nothing to do with the the, the the culture. You're just doing that because it's an accepted thing that's done somewhere else. And that's the kind of esports influence that I dislike. Like that that idea of the only thing that matters is the the people on the stage playing for a big massive check. I think that's completely the wrong direction. Uh, and completely against all of the things that make the fighting game community super fucking cool. That open bracket that still exists in fighting games is the perfect aspirational marketing tool because on the morning, on Friday morning at Evo, every single person has the same chance of winning. Like Jimmy Donuts from the middle of nowhere... Starts at the same point as Problem X, the returning champion, on Friday morning, and that's fucking cool. And we see that play out every week at tournaments where people ups- get upsets against you know big names, and like it might happen on stream, so it'll be their big moment, or like this person's broken through and who's this punk guy? He's beating everyone. What the fuck's going on? Like, who's this CN guy from Singapore? He's, he's general I've never seen Gen played like this. He's, he's beating everyone. And I you mean, know. even
0: more recently, uh, cool kid, uh, two years ago at the, at, uh, Red Bull conquest cool fires. Kid. Yeah. Just wake
1: up supers on taquito three times in a row. A, <laughs> like it's, um, yeah, those things are cool. Yeah. And that, that, being able to follow people on their journey and showing people that if you work hard, this it is possible that you can have some of that glory. I think that's amazing, aspirational marketing, and I really prefer that over people in suits at the desk against invited teams that are, you know, wearing the same jersey and you know they all look the same. The, the broadcasters look the same. The players look the same. The games are just super similar as well. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not into esports. I'm not into esports presentation, but that doesn't mean I'm not into improving and upgrading the quality of what we're, we're bringing. I just feel like how things are done with most of the esports mm-hmm. production that I see and most of the esports organization I see, super fucking fake. And like the FGC can spot that from a mile away.
0: No, that's that's super valid. I mean, a concept that uh, we've tried in Magic that I think uh, could really work with the FTC is just like following a player through the day as part of the broadcast. Yeah. So in Magic, one of the things... Uh, I haven't watched the broadcast in a minute, but one of the things that we do is the the King of the Hill for our Pro Tours, where it's uh, basically one of the feature matches is the same player until he gets upset by somebody else. And then if that person wins at that table... That person's followed through the rest of the day. That's something mm. that is pretty easily replicable um, in the FGC. <laughs> or even you know when you're doing the broadcast, right? The first match of the day, you don't have anything on the. It's not it's not the top thirty two. It's not the top sixteen. So you know you're like, oh well, Punk is playing this guy. So you know let's just put that on the broadcast. What if that guy upsets Punk? Sends Punk immediately yeah. to re- losers first day of the first game of the day. Why not follow that guy for the rest of the day, right? Why not? I, I
1: definitely think that we need more. Um, again, it goes back to production budget, but I'd like to see more. But um, even even
0: without production budget, just like that last thing that I said about like the guy, the random guy who you've never heard of beating Punk and just yeah. checking in on wh- how he's doing for the day and building his narrative. What if he makes top mm. sixteen? Right, if you've been following him the rest of the day, you're interviewing him, you're talking to him, you're mm. telling people who this new upstart is right okay
1: yeah but again who's going to do the interviewing what's like how are we going to follow him is it going to be a camera um is he going to be playing on stream like if he's not in winners then there's not really time for it because it's open bracket get through um i definitely i like all this stuff needs more production budget and that needs to come from somewhere but i agree like there's stuff that we can do that's easily replicable like if okay, if we can't have a second stream, why is there not a second capture stream set up? Like because everyone's getting everyone's getting all their content sniped by um, these these rippers, these stream rippers who are just uploading games straight away. How hard is it to pay for someone else to capture off stream games? There's loads of amazing games in loser's bracket that happen after punks get upset. We won't see him again until top eight, probably because he's going to be in losers. Um, there'll be interesting games there. Um, like Arturo went round and with his monopod filming off stream games. And I think, I think John Choi versus Daigo in loser's bracket got more views than the grand finals that year on YouTube, just because people were like, what the fuck? This is crazy. I need to see this. Um, Especially when you're down to like top thirty-two, I don't know what the again like some money thing. It's uh, I, it's easy for me to say in my house, oh, we could do this and that and that, but yeah. who's going to pay for it? But you know, especially with squad stream now on Twitch, like you can you can broadcast multiple games at once. You don't need you don't need an entire stream setup, stream the cameras, setup. the yeah you stage. can do like I said, like I said at the start, where you can do stuff on a laptop, you can do stuff on a laptop um no commentary overlays, capture, just game footage that's it boom, and squad stream that so people know what's going on i think a st- lot of the st- I think people squad are really-
0: streaming especially for like a specific pool would be would be insane
1: yeah it's- there's there's loads of possibilities with squad streaming and f g c because
0: I mean I've been you watching the Fortnite events with squad streaming and it's it's really interesting to just get to see multiple perspectives at once as opposed to having to cuz I th- I can't watch battle royales because of just like you're not there's no yeah. one story you're like oh this is happening and then this has to happen on yeah. another part of the map so squad streaming has really made me be able to like watch professional battle royales
1: yeah and that's clearly why it was brought in right yeah. because you'd see You'd see at these Fortnite and before that PUBG where they'd (laughs) they'd have like 50 streams. (laughs) They're capturing 50 stuff and like it's just an absolute nightmare for broadcasting. But squad streams clearly been brought in for that. But I'm trying to think of ways in which we can appropriate it. And I just feel like whereas squad streams in Battle Royale games is about giving you multiple perspectives of the same conflict. Mm -hmm. You can use squad streams to give you multiple conflicts with the FGC because unfortunately there is only ever two people that you can show at one time and there's hundreds of people playing and lots of them are really, really good. It means you miss out. We miss out on so much. Um, We miss out on so much content, so much stuff that could be on YouTube, archived, so much stuff that could also be streamed. And I, I would really like to see more done of that. Like even at EVO, I remember like years back, I was like, they ran top 32 on four setups around a the table. There's four setups around a table, and there was the one, one st- stage. So, five overall. Obviously, the stage is being streamed, but all these games that are happening in, on these four setups, there's no capture going on.
0: Like, and the crowds are intense. To I've, yeah, the I've, crowds I've been there for the last and, three years, and you see like, you know that it's top thirty-two because all of the population is just hyper condensed.
1: I, yeah, exactly. Like Daigo is playing, and there's a hundred people looking on a 20- twenty-four-inch monitor
0: on, on chairs, chairs and, ta- and
1: stuff. Yeah, it's exactly. It's crazy. Um, people would want to see this stuff, and I think like plugging in a capture card or whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. But like, I'm all for just trying things, try and make things work, and and do it in a way. Because I just think there's value to it, you know. Like we're missing out on a lot of stories, but then you know we need to follow up afterwards. Journalism's <laughs> journalism in the FGC's mad hard. You don't, know that.
0: Don't don't get me started. I mean,
1: what budget is there for that? You know, people people sitting down ooh, and writing. I,
0: people are going to be very happy with me when I uh I I so. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't want to take away from you, but on, on that front, like the projected amount of money i'm going to be making off of evo this year off of last year i think i'm down right now i'm currently down like 40 percent yeah like
1: and that's you just looking for uh a platform that will send you there right oh i
0: i've never been sent i've I, i i've never had a single fgc event paid for as like
1: so you're getting content and then i get
0: paid for the content it? yeah so okay, yeah, yeah. like this year i'm blessed that i have like a patreon uh yeah. and i like sold some merch to pay for my ticket but like man if if the fgc like read as much as they meme and shitpost <laughs> holy fuck that's would, that's would there be the so much more content like that's There'd be the so same much more content.
1: Everything. Same in everything. So oh, actually, the same. Oh, yeah. No, you know, obviously. I, I, I work in I work in music, and there's no good music journalism anymore. It's just blogging. Everyone's blogging. Oh, this this happened. I'll I'll post it up. It's clickbait and blogging. Um, reposting, uh, reposting embedded video content, or you know, rewriting a press release. That's about it. Because no one ain't paying you to do in the field research and put together this article by following this band round for a month on tour and like some old school seventies rolling stone feature. Oh, no, I was doing that shit anymore,
0: man. I wish um, I could do something like that. Like follow yeah, like Bonchan's thing that he did where he did the, his like tour, man, I would yeah. have loved to just like, cause I, every year I try to talk to bon Chan cause he's, he's hilarious. Mm. Um, if I could follow a player. So even if it was like problem X, from event to hmm. event for like three months and do a piece that'd be great but there's no like you're saying there's no money for for stuff like I that. i mean
1: the only way you could do that is if you were there doing about a million other things and then you suffer from burnout oh. like oh by the way i'm here as well and i'll i'll talk to you problem x about this because i happen to be here and you happen to be there and i'll be at the next one and you'll be at the next one i mean that's right how a now.
0: lot of those pieces are done is yeah. and that's why you want me see one of those projects right like yeah. uh it's it, it it's not like a solvable problem. I mean, it is. You just hope that people consume content and let publications know that they want it. But outside of that, there's no way to solve it.
1: I think crowdfunding is definitely the way forward. You have to just take that... You have to take that dive and eat shit and ramen noodles for a fucking a year until you build an audience up of a few hundred people. Because realistically... Like, the cool thing about Patreon and, like, other crowdfunding sources are you don't need a lot of people. You don't need a lot, lot of people. I mean,
0: I have 69 and I make $261.
1: Yeah, that's a blessing. Yeah, That just allows you to not be completely on your face, broke from doing something that you love doing. Um, And You carry on and it'll build up and build up and... You kind of fine tune your the quality of your content because, like, it's literally the same as as as, as playing the game. The more you do it, the better you get at it, and you know you'll improve and your delivery will be better of of what you're giving to the people. You'll kind of tune in more into what they're reacting and responding to, and you can find a happy middle ground between content that's connecting with your audience and content that you actually want to make and try and balance that out. Uh, all at the same time of trying to be creative with it and giving people different ways in which they can invest in you. And I think, you know, I spoke to Justin Wong for uh, an interview and we were talking all about how people need to just be a bit more creative to make things sustainable.
0: Yeah. I I mean, look at him and he like 15 sponsors right now.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, And he's in a blessed position because he's been playing games for 20 plus years that... He has that cachet, the same way that Daigo does. That they're going to be fine forever. They're always going to be at the front of the queue because they've earned that position. But if you're starting out and you're not the front of the queue and you're not the the main a, main go-to person for anything, then you need to work harder than the people at the front to catch them up, or work in different ways. That's the that's the real real winner. If you find like something different to do, then you have a free captive audience just whether that different thing people care about it or not so yeah i'll just get out there and do things like i'm trying to do things i'm trying to do a bit more content with the frame advantage guys like i i really 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 want to put a show together this um this like roundup street fighter show i really want to do it a lot but again it takes production money and like people say, You know, you can just do it here and there. I I don't feel it would do it justice. It needs to, it needs that. But until then, I'll do other content and keep speaking to people and try and vlog and whatever. You know, I'm in a fortunate position where I have a decent amount of free time now. Um, I haven't got infinite resources, but I've I've got kind of the equipment that I need and I have the, the the hours. Like I literally got back here to my house 10 minutes before we went live on air. Cause I was recording a, pod, a music podcast, which is literally me doing everything. I I have the cameras, I have the audio equipment, I've got the laptop and I edit it in Premiere Pro and I upload it. And it's all me. Everything's me. It's a one man show. Um, and it doesn't look amazing, but it looks okay. And hopefully if people like it, I will get the opportunity to do bigger and better things off the back of it. And that's kind of how I'm looking at content creation now. And just everything really. Just try and try and give it a go. You know, like everything, everything is just based around someone having a go at doing it. Uh I saw um Rick, the Hado. Mm-hmm. Um he's always got like words of wisdom. He's a great person to follow anyway in general if you enter the FGCs at the Hado, And um, he said if, and I'm paraphrasing and I'm sure I'll butcher the quote, but if if there's something that you're not willing to do yourself, why would someone else do it? You know?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if you have an idea and you're not even willing to try doing it yourself, why do you think someone else would? And I, I feel that's really important. If you if you believe in your idea, just start. Because it's easier to show than tell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's easier to show than tell. And that's why it's great that you, you started this, Amanda. Uh loads of other people are trying to to start things up, podcasts all over the place and different types of content. I just want to see people get creative with it as well, try different ideas, different things. And and hopefully everything will grow and evolve because that's just how things grow and evolve. People yeah. trying out new shit. That is literally evolution.
0: Nah, I mean, this This show started, and I think I told people when I first announced the first episode that I I knew what was going to happen with my Evo content, um, that I wasn't making as much money, and I yeah. didn't like the idea of a shrieking platform to do something I love. So this is my way of doing something I love. And if it does well, then it means that, like like, we have a local studio that I can rent time at. And if I could rent time and, like, have better production, have access to better cameras, then I could do way more. But right now, it's my laptop yeah. camera, $50 lights.
1: That's that shit. Just get fucking done. And people can see potential in it eventually. And, you know, the people that the people that care about the content, the actual actual content of the content, like, they don't care if it's lit well. They don't care if it's oh. in a fucking soundstage. They care about listening and watching you speak and they care about the voices of your guests that's what they care about and up in the production value will help in other places and it'll probably grow your audience that core audience care about the actual content so yeah like it's great and I I know you know I've I've seen you be frustrated and, and down with with how things are the industry and the opportunities and I feel like specifically for you it's it's really important for you but for everyone else to see it as well for you to turn that into okay well fuck it I'm gonna do something myself then you know I'm gonna be proactive I'm not gonna let the depression hold me down at home and just give up on shit like I, I think it's hugely admirable to see that when you know the 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 marketplace is not like really forthcoming in in our areas of, of of that we're passionate about. Yeah, you could you could go and write generic esports shit and fucking the same old articles about the same old thing or whatever. But that's not for you. You know it's not for you. And and for you to just go, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to just sit down and be defeated. I think that's. That's super admirable, and it's a, it's a great example to set for people out there. And and I really hope, you know, it succeeds. And it's why I was really happy to be a part of it because I I'm happy to talk crap about fighting games all the time. But like when I see people putting their time and effort and energy into creating something, specifically creating something that they care about, I'm all for supporting that. All for supporting that.
0: I appreciate that. Um, we've been running for a while, and I try to. This is the first episode that actually has audience questions, so I want to get to oh, those. Shit, I hope they're not too bad, huh?
1: I hope they're not too bad.
0: Um. Well, you answered one of them, which is, "Do you watch or are you a fan of other esports outside of the FTC?" So we got Shut to that. Up, no. <laughs> when I saw that question, I was like, "I don't think this guy follows Logan on Twitter," because all all you would have to do is hit the follow on at WSO Logan. And I think within, like, 24 hours, you would have gotten that answer. (laughs) All right. So the first one we definitely have to hit up, which is, you know, there was a winner stays on tweet about how you need to be there this weekend. And they want to know if you can spoil any of that or at least dash people's hopes that it's a character announcement.
1: Oh, it's absolutely not a character announcement. Unfortunately, even the thing that I was trying to promote is not happening now so mm. i'm sorry yeah, that's an exclusive you don't need to be there on sunday now Oof. um but you do need to be there on saturday the thing on sunday wasn't even mine and i'm not at liberty to discuss what it was because okay. i will piss people off in corporate but um and it wasn't it wasn't, a character wasn't anything announcement. character okay. reveal or, was no or anything dire- it wasn't anything directly capcom related okay um but yeah, Winter Stays On is still this Saturday at Capcom UK. Buy a ticket. You can't sign up on the day. I'll tell you to fuck off.
0: Okay. All right. Next question is apparently you've been seen playing the superior fighting game that is Guilty Gear. What do you think of it?
1: I've never played it. That's a troll question. Oh. That's definitely a troll question. <laughs>
0: Yo, man, I'm just I wrote them down from reddit. I'm just I'm just going I respect off.
1: it Shout out to reddit. You can always guarantee that reddit is there to troll people, but um, pay that's... me enough money I'll play Grand Blue fantasy. Ooh! I need that paycheck bro.
0: That's that's fair. And then Hit the last get me up boxes <laughs> And then the last question is uh, Would you like to see cap? Uh, let's say that there is a Street Fighter 6 that comes out uh, hopefully Okay soon Uh, So this is what the question's premise is based off. It's also off of, like, FGC titles in general. But it says, would you like to see Capcom just tweak what's already working? Or would you rather see them take a risk and try to find the next great idea in gameplay? And this is true of any game. So let's say, like, MK12 or Dragon Ball Fighters 2.
1: I think Street Fighter has been like that all along through its lifetime, right? Because... Every time there's a new Street Fighter game, they change. They fundamentally change the core mechanics of the game, uh, in some way, and that makes it that makes it really difficult to transition from game to game. Quickly takes like a good year or so. Um, obviously, you have people who are naturally gifted, like Justin, Sonic Fox, are amazing at picking up new games. So so talented, and Tokido is always good at finding cheap stuff infiltration's great at finding cheap stuff real quickly and understanding games very quickly but for the most part when you change core mechanics of games it makes the risk reward and the the route to victory different and it means that people have to play in different ways especially when a game's lasted like 6 to 10 years you kind of get comfortable playing a certain way right and I see this with Street Fighter 5. People aren't able to win in the way that they got accustomed to winning in Street Fighter 4. Especially if Street Fighter 4 is your first game, like you're not used to this changing. Like, but it's always been the case. If you played Street Fighter 2 and you're like a solid fireball dragon punch kind of person, and then all of a sudden you're playing Street Fighter 3 Third Strike and fireballs are absolutely irrelevant and anti-airs a risk because they can air parry. It's a it's a very different game, even though like superficially it's the same. Even like Alpha Three brought in like air blocking, which is really different. The the, the activations were really different as well. It's a very different game Then Street Fighter Four, focus attacks and all kinds of different mechanics that were involved in that. Uh, into Street Fighter Five with the priority system and V skills and um, crush counters, it, it makes everything lack of invincible back when people have been used to that the defensive options are therefore less so you kind of have to guess a bit more um, i did i was kind of enamored by the idea of just releasing a street fighter game and updating it yearly indefinitely so similar
0: like similar like league of legends or overwatch right where it's there's yeah, a base game like a, and then like just p- subsequent patches
1: yeah yeah so but that that kind of Requires people to really love the base game. Um, do you which think, I think that would have
0: worked good. for four? Because it doesn't. Because you know, there's there's some of the problems that belabored five. So, do you think that would have worked maybe for four?
1: No. 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 I don't. No. I don't know if it actually would work for Street Fighter in general.
0: Or in fighting games, do you just think that that's just not?
1: I don't know because Tekken's Tekken's really good at carrying over things from game to game. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are good at Tekken 3, you can kind of... I know there's vast, vast differences, but a lot of the strings are still the same. Um, you know, like, the 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 changes between iterations of Tekken are much less than the changes between iterations of numbered Street Fighter games.
0: That's fair. Um, I mean, it's the same thing for Soul Calibur. I've been playing Soul Calibur since Soul Blade. They, yeah. They're essentially... The, like you said, there's some new changes, right? Like, you can parry movements and stuff. But, like, yeah. for the most part, same game.
1: You feel really comfortable with it when you pick it up straight away. And there's not a, you know, you're learning the the the. the, the I mean, for average people, the differences are, are, are minor anyway. But at a competitive level, they're really significant. Like, you have to learn all new combos. All new combos, like your combos specifically won't work from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5. But, <clears throat> you know, you can still do similar strings from Tekken Tag 2 to Tekken 7 for, like to, on a ba- very basic one. I think that the, the, the change in Tekken games makes it a much better series in terms of retention, um, and then you look at, like, NRS games and their turnover of games is so high because those games last two years and then they're on to the next one. That's kind of been the model since MK9. Um, and they're bouncing to and from. That, it, the, the The NRS community feels very similar in the way that you have Call of Duty where it's like, okay, we're playing Metal Modern Warfare this year. Now it's Black Ops. You know, now it's this. And, like, they're made by different... They're, they're distinctly different, but it's the Call of Duty brand. Mm-hmm. But I think I think fighting games would. I, I like the idea of exploring fighting games, like you would sports games franchises, like Two K and FIFA and Madden, where they're kind of the same game but with tweaks, and you release them every year. Uh, and People pick them up that way, um, and they're just updated. I, I would. I'm interested in that model.
0: Okay. That's I mean that's that's a pretty great answer. I I think personally I'm I'm sort of on the same page as you. Uh, I I wish that there was a way that there could be a base Street Fighter, because I haven't been good at a Street Fighter since like two. But like once I learned Soul Calibur, I yeah. missed I like played a bunch of Soul Calibur because I like tore I tore my ACL and I had a dreamcast Ooh, sure. in my room. So I sat and played Soul Calibur all day. And then I remember going to an arcade and like, you know, like when you play at home, you like, you have no bearing on like how good you are, especially when there's like yeah. no net play. So I remember going to an arcade and like not being dethroned for like a bit, for like a good couple of hours. Mm. Uh, and was like, Oh, I guess I got good at this game and I didn't play two. And then I don't think I played three either. And then I played four at like a college tournament and did pretty well. And I hadn't touched mm. it yet. But I like Mitsurugi hadn't been changed, most of the buttons were the same. Yeah. There was just some new mechanics. So I, I kinda I kinda wish that more games could somehow find that model of like yeah, just I, slight I think introductions that's... each year as opposed to hmm. You can't say Street Fighter 4 is third strike.
1: It's a massive gamble that people will like or dislike your game. And unfortunately you always put people off. Like going there are from people Street who won't and...
0: shut up about five. Being the worst game yeah. possible,
1: game's been yeah. out for like four uh, or
0: five years now.
1: I mean, well, I mean that's that's definitely indicative of the social media era that we live in, where people are more inclined to project their negative feedback than they are their positive. But um, you saw that going from Street Fighter Two to to Street Fighter Three. Like they're not, you know, people that were good at Super Turbo. Like what's what's this game? This makes no sense. And then if you're good, I remember speaking to like Ryan Hart of and and Zach Bennett in the UK, who were amazing third strike and Street Fighter. For they were they they started playing it and they were really good. And eventually they got accustomed to it. But yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the same game. <laughs> um, and it puts a lot of people off. It puts a lot of people off. And I'd be very interested to see like. Um, especially with with like games as service. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Interesting. You roll out out the content, the content needs to be rolled out. It's a very, very different way of publishing and it's very against the way that uh, Japanese publishers kind of work their console releases. It's very different. But yet, interestingly, very similar to that 90s model where you've released the game it's basically like people are just paying to play on the arcade. And then once you feel like you've kind of peaked on your revenue, we're going to give you Championship Edition. Okay, now we're going to give you Super Street Fighter 2. Now here's Hyper Fighting. Now here's Super... T- like, like you're, you're Yeah, you're we went backwards. You're basically rolling the game out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if they could kind of work a way to make that work with with street fighter it would it would be successful there's loads of ways you can kind of integrate stuff that works in other places but they they can't just be i, I go back to that esports model there's loads of ways we can do things that work in esports, mm-hmm. but they can't just be like transplanting yeah yeah they have to be bespoke for what we need and there's loads of stuff like i don't ever want to see loot boxes In a fighting game, ever I don't want to see loot boxes in a fighting game. Even if they're
0: just cosmetics.
1: Yeah, because I think it's a bad way of doing it. But I would love to see that kind of thing of custom that level of customization available because it's fucking cool as shit in Tekken. Like, admittedly, it looks ridiculous when I see Akuma with a rubber rubber ring and a snorkel and God knows what else on a pair of brogues, (laughs) like. That looks stupid, but you know I'd like to see a level of a level of uh, customization that kind of rewards people for grinding out and and just ways ways to make it more enjoyable for people to play the game for you know a couple of hours every day uh, and they're clearly trying to take steps in that with the with the challenges and the way that you can unlock the the costume content with the challenges but they're not, that, that's just log on once a, once a week. It's not really a challenge. It's not really a reward. It's just, don't forget to boot up Street Fighter V because you've got to get that one piece for the week three of the Zeku ninja costume. Don't forget, boot up the game. It's not real engagement. Yeah. I would like to see, I definitely would like to see more rewards. Like, the titles are cool and people get an Ultimate Grandmaster and Warlord is hugely impressive, but... Like, they should have shit for that. They should have more than just a little banner. They should have, like, the co- like the shit that they did with Rage, where people were getting their own their own unique in-game color. Or, like, when Mena had his own costume with the shape-up
0: mm-hmm. after
1: winning Capcom Cup that only he could use. Like, I thought that was cool. I thought that shit was cool. I want to see more of that. Like, I want to see more unlockables for being great,
0: I mean you, you see it in the you... you see it in the first person shooters with the prestiging, right? Like I play Absolutely. a game I play a game where uh if you uh your character you can all the different character classes, you can get to level 25 and you can choose to prestige where you go back to zero and if you do that you get a skin. And the only people who have hmm. those skins are the people who prestige. And of course like there's ways to cheat your leveling. But it's yeah. still it's still a grind to get back to 25 and the more yeah, you cool. prestige the more cool shit you get. So Damn. I would love to see that in a fighting game. Like I would love to have a dope sword because I've put in you know five thousand hours into Mitsurugi. Like if you gave yeah. me if you gave me something like that, I'd be playing every day.
1: And it's and it's proven to have a positive benefit as a player as well to play more. You know, like Problem X has played eighty one thousand games. Trashbox has played like seventy thousand games, and they they're excellent <laughs> they're clearly excellent at the game <laughs> any anyone that's warlord or ultimate grandmaster clearly excellent at the game so you know you should encourage people to to put more time into it and qual- I, there's loads of you know there's loads of ideas I've got for improving single player engagement outside of doing arcade mode which is the fucking laziest shit I got in trouble a couple of years ago when like Dullards were screaming out for arcade mode and I'm like that is the the lowest hanging fruit of single player ever the lowest hanging fruit
0: I forget and you games like, have them
1: who gives a shit about arcade just play CPU and you know like you've got story mode it's, so, it's such low hanging fruit I know people like just booting the game up and playing for a bit and that's it <clears throat> but let's give them give them a better way to do that Arcade mode is so like it's we can we can do better than arcade mode in 2019, you
0: know. I need to make that an insp- I need to make that a motivational poster. <laughs> Vote for uh, Logan. I mean, look we at, can do better than arcade mode. Uh, pff,
1: the FGC is better than Logan,
0: though. Don't ever forget that. Um, I, I
1: think if you look at the sales on NRS games and mm-hmm. they're they're their focus and devotion to quality single player content, um, you know, Street Fighter Five and Tekken has better player retention, obviously. But you look at those NRS sales. As a as a games journalist, um, you know, coming from the other side with games reviews, you get a ton of really good single player content. That game's going to get a good review. Is going to be echo chambered out there that the game's good and then the sales we're doing three million five million eight million units yep. rather than oh it's not even got arcade mode and the online so oh this game's trash and look at Ken's face it's like it's, it, it starts to snowball where people pick up shit like Ken's face which is I mean like look at Marvel uh,
0: look at Infinite yeah like you everybody complained. Like, that game is solid. I love that game. I, I still play it. I still play we have a local scene. We we don't we have a monthly, went from a weekly to a monthly. It's fun. Yeah. But like too many people were so caught up on the UI and the graphics that they're like they, and everybody heard that, so nobody bought the game. Everybody was like, Oh, look at the, the UI. And then the game the came out
1: and it was really cool and everyone everyone that played it liked it. And unfortunately the game died because of other reasons. Based on like support and commitment, and and fighting who, game players like to.
0: But who wants to? I mean, I, I can't blame Capcom this time. Who wants to support a game that's just getting doo dooed on?
1: It was rushed, I guess. I mean, but that's why all of this. All, that's why all of this stuff matters. It's all a. It's all a big.
0: Oh, I'm just. I was just deal. being honest. Like, I, if I was at Capcom and my game is getting doo dooed on all day every day, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't do more than battle of the stones either.
1: I mean, if it's got if if you have a long-term roadmap for it, then you 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 um you devote the R&D to polishing that that look up and making it look better for season 2 and doing, you know,
0: giving Oh, I think people there, was, there was a lot of problems in that
1: game. Yeah. So yeah, like obviously there wasn't a roadmap there, but I think yeah, that's that's a big problem. Like, you need to understand what people care about in the in the wider sphere, mm-hmm. and that is things looking. That's what Dragon Ball Fighters did so well when it came out. It looked wow. It looked wow. Yo, that
0: game. We've just been is watching. So much fun we've watch. just
1: been watching Dragon Ball Super, and the animation looks like a child did it. And then you load up Dragon Ball Fighters, and you, it looks better, than the animation in the thing you have just watched. you know, like, wait I second, wait a second, wait a second.
0: I thought you didn't watch any anime.
1: I don't at all.
0: Never. But but
1: but you just. I was talking about what what people were doing.
0: Oh, okay. watching
1: Dragon Ball Super. It just mm-hmm. finished, and then, and um, you know that wow factor is really important, and you want to be wow that's cool, not wow Chun Li looks like she's hella tired, or wow Dante looks like shit, or wow Ken's got teeth that look like they're made out of wood. You know, you want to be wow that looks amazing. So, so all of that stuff matters, and I hope I hope that the next game, whatever it is is a big success because Capcom clearly can make fucking good games because damn, Devil May Cry 5, Resident Evil 2, Monster Hunter, they're, they're smashing it. Like, yeah. Even Mega Man 11 was good fun. We really enjoyed that. Um, they're doing really well. It's just, the fighting games have had two back-to-back games that haven't been well-received and haven't built on an incredibly strong foundation laid by um, Street Fighter 4 and Marvel 3. The shame
0: yeah all right so we've been at this for like an hour and a half almost so yeah which is fine i knew the, the downside of having a commentator on is that they actually have things to say whereas uh whereas you know people like shine and jb they're not used to talking so much so <laughs> where can everybody find you on the interwebs what is your next event
1: oh goodness um I think my next CPT event is going to be Reflect, which is the London ranking event, okay. um, which is in the middle of June, Okay. I believe.
0: Well, I have the Capcom um, page, I think, up so I can tell people.
1: Yeah. June 14th or 15th. Uh,
0: June. Oh, yeah. It's Reflect. It is June 15th through the 16th in London, UK. It is a ranking event.
1: Exactly. I think that's my next CPT event that I'll be at, but I'll be at a lot of events running through. Um, should be at CEO, should be at Game Over. Um, hopefully I'm at Evo if they pick me. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff to do. Should be good. Versus fighting, I'll be there, of course. Mm-hmm. In the UK, a so Premier. Um, at the moment, I'm being rotated out of Celtic Throwdown because we have a rotation schedule for the commentators in Europe. But uh, other than that, you can find me at uh, WSO Logan on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And we broadcast every Tuesday night on Capcom Fighters. If you've not seen that, it's just us hanging out with some of the London guys and playing games and talking about irreverent shit. Um, and of course, May the 18th is our big open event, which will be held at Capcom UK headquarters. And that will be streamed on Wednesdays on channel as well. So, uh, yeah, look out for that
0: all right and uh this week we didn't have one last week but this week uh we do have a community announcement uh if you guys haven't heard sherry gen x is doing really great work with the e-fight pass trying to help players um tackle their visa issues so that they can you know travel more and do more so i put the link in the chat you guys probably saw the ad at the beginning of the stream please if you guys have a couple dollars throw it throw it the orgs way because it's all coming out of sherry's pocket and the more money she can get the more players she can help with their visa applications. And yeah, she's even if you, doing,
1: she's doing amazing work. Yeah, And even... she's working. Go on, sorry. Yeah, sorry.
0: Uh, even if you guys cannot uh, financially support E5 Pass, please tweet it out. Uh, I will tweet out the video. I'll retweet the link to the video that was ran as the ad for this week. Just, you know, you hear... You guys don't realize how hard it is when you're not a U.S. player, when you're not a Japanese player, to get these visas... To be able to go to a lot of these countries to compete. And like Logan said at the beginning of the episode, a lot of the times it's just about opportunity, right? So, yeah. well,
1: she's, I was just going to say that she's she's signed up to work with a, a bunch of players from regions that were, that are really, really badly underrepresented, um, specifically uh, Africa and, um,
0: pakistan for arslan right yeah you know,
1: what 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 would you call that what part of asia would you call that
0: um, um pakistan
1: pakistan it's india like middle east
0: it's, it's it's considered the like united arab emigrants and like the u middle east depending on who you ask no um but
1: yeah, but yeah there's the, those those areas don't have like pro tour representation and you know you, you see what's happened um Evo was won by Problem X from, from the UK. Okay, that's not uh, an unheard of area, but it's a much smaller region. Uh, Capcom Cup the year before was won by um, Mena NRG, from Latin kind
0: of, America. And that got Arslan Puerto Rico won. more stuff.
1: Yeah, Arsenal won Capcom. won um Rico, Capcom. Oh, sorry, won, um, uh, it was won Evo Japan.
0: Evo Japan Tekken.
1: Yeah, incredible, incredible performance. So I just saw... A guy from Peru got top eight in uh, Korea this weekend. So, you know, it's great to see these regions getting the opportunity and the fact that she's working to help these players get those opportunities. I and mean, it's not even a thing of, like, just paying. It's it's helping them get to even be allowed in the country. I, I think as Westerners, we don't understand how complicated it is to get access yeah. um from you know middle east and from africa into into america when you know you've never been there before and you're going there to play video game so it's really hard so i really respect a lot what she's doing and and she is definitely helping and building uh, in regions that need need that help because they've got talent there they've got great talent there and uh, i want to see more of these more of these players coming through and getting the opportunity to compete at the highest level against the best players in the world. Yeah. Good shit, Sherry.
0: Thank you. Trying to see if there's anything else in my notebook. Nope. Uh, Support the Patreon. Uh, If you guys support the Patreon, I can do more of this stuff by going to more events and making those personal connections. So support the show. Uh, The link is on the Twitch channel. It's also in the YouTube description. It's also in the SoundCloud and all the other stuff descriptions. You guys don't want to miss it. Logan, thanks for coming out.
1: It was an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much, Amanda, for, for allowing me to, uh, to, to bless one of your early episodes of this show, which I hope runs for a long time.
0: Yeah. got. I mean, it's already booked up through July. So at least until July, Ouch. at least until the end of July, uh, I have guests. Uh, but until next time, folks, you guys know how I sign these off. Go Beyond, Plus Ultra, and peace.